The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Negotiate Real Change podcast, where we highlight leaders who are creating positive change in their organizations. The more we talk to leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, the more we started to recognize the patterns of successful change makers within organization. What we found is that when it comes to creating positive change, simply being a passionate professional who's armed with data, statistics, and research is rarely enough to create real change. So in this show, we'll share the secrets behind what it really takes for you to be a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. My name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, where we conduct negotiation and conflict resolution trainings that help to make your difficult conversations easier. We also conduct trainings in the field of diversity, equity, and inclusion because we realize that there's a difference between passion and persuasion. And if you want to create real change, you have to be able to negotiate and resolve the conflict that comes with change. And if if you're interested in learning more about what we do, make sure to check out the American Negotiation Institute.com or check the link in the description of this episode. And now, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Damien, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it, Kwame. Great to be here. Super humbled. Yeah, man. It's our pleasure to have you. So how would you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. Um, so Damien, uh, in let's call it 30 to 45 seconds. Uh, previously a professional athlete, moved to sales leader, moved to HR professional. Um, and today while I'm here is to talk about uh, DamianWright.com, which is my consultant business. Um, and our focus on DEI and sales and negotiation. Um, been in the industry for about 20 years or so, and uh, really looking forward to opening up the conversation with you, Kwame. Damien, there's so much I wanted to explore, but briefly, I know I know other people are wondering it too. What, tell, me, tell us about your pro sports background. That's really cool. Yeah. So I went to Weber State University uh, just outside of uh, uh, Salt Lake City in Ogden, Utah. Um, All-American football player, got a chance to play in the league. I tell people I was a scrub at best <laughs> and uh, d didn't make the final cut, but I did make it to, to, to the big league. So I uh, played for Seattle and I played in NFL Europe as well. That is amazing. Kudos. Listen, I, I, I aspired to be a scrub in my youth and I didn't make it. So kudos, <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you. I appreciate really that. Great. Yes. Well, this is great because, of course, on the Negotiate Anything podcast, we are big fans of negotiation. We, we like sales, too. They're cousins. We like that, too. And I think a lot of times people would hear what you the way you described your, your consulting and coaching business as uh, very interesting, very unique sales. Mm -hmm. We understand you have that sales background and you also do DEI, but people are probably wondering what is the connection? Um, you know, it's really interesting on the connection points of diversity, equity, and inclusion and sales. Um, and, you know, as we move on in the conversation, just because it's a mouthful, I'll say DEI, um, just to reference diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, and even for those that are. So, uh, you know, what I think about is starting with the with the customer, right? So just think about 
um, for example, you Kwame, in this world of a growing podcast that's grown leaps and bounds, um, you know, what does your customer base look like? Who listens to Kwame every single day? Who listens to every episode and, and is inspired by you? Um, when you think about um, that from a business perspective, you're touching people all over the United States, all over the world. And for that reason, because like from a diversity, equity and inclusion perspective, because you're able to open up to such a large crowd like that, what does that do for your business? It helps it elevate versus if you said, look, I'm going to focus on um, salespeople just in the United States. Would that be as powerful? So like really expanding what your audience looks like and how you can bring them in and add value to them on a daily basis. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, it seems like if you're able to speak to multiple audiences, it puts you in a position from a, a business perspective to expand exponentially. Mm -hmm. Yes. And not, not only, um, so yes, you're expanding, um, but think about the perspective that you get. And let me, let me tap into that just a little bit. Think about the comments that you get on your Apple, um, like when, when people play it back on Apple, when people play it back on Spotify, there's a diverse range of comments that talk about like what these conversations do for individuals. And if you didn't diversify your guests, um, your audience would probably be pretty narrow. Um, however, you've been very intentional about diversifying uh, your not only your guests, which in turn diversifies your audience. And again, it goes back to what we said at ground zero. That's how you grow your market share. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it, it actually reminds me of a, a story, Damien. And I think for, for most leaders and most humans, a lot of the best lessons come from pain. So I'll share mm -hmm. a story. Speaking about the, the, the stars and the comments and the, uh, the reviews. And some people might be listening and saying, Oh, what reviews? I haven't left a review. Well, this is a reminder to leave a five-star review on the podcast. And please say something nice uh -huh. because I do read every single one of them. Um, but I remember one time I, I remember every single one and it was in, I believe the fall of 2019, I received mm -hmm. a review uh, from a woman who said, I've, this feels like a boys club. The, mm -hmm. I, the episodes that I talked, I, I listened to it's, it was all men and it seemed like a boys club. And that one hurts because I realized that I didn't do a good job of having much gender diversity on mm -hmm. the podcast. And that mm -hmm. made me reflect and, and say, well, what other kind of diversity was lacking? And then another friend who is black and for the listeners who might not know, I am black too. He, he said that there wasn't enough racial diversity on the podcast. And then I mm -hmm. looked at it and I said, wow, it's, tr it's true. I live in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friends are, are white males. Mm -hmm. and, and so it was a really interesting, eye-opening type of experience, recognizing that I was limiting myself um, by not paying attention to the diversity of thought on the show. And mm -hmm. so there was racial, there was gender, but then also when it came to the, the different occupations, of, of folks who were on the podcast too. It made me really open my eyes so I can 100% agree with you and, and see that too. Yes. You limit your audience by not being able to speak different languages and, and show that you respect them by allowing them to see themselves in the yes. guests. Yes. And, and my question to you is like, when you 
um, were intentional about making that change, what did that do for your podcast? Oh, it, it grew significantly. You know, mm-hmm. now we're the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Listeners in 180 different countries, over 5 million downloads and a deal with LinkedIn. And I don't think yeah. any of those things would have happened if I didn't take that, that feedback to heart. And yes. again, I think people would look at me and just assume, hey, Kwame is, is a, a black male. And so diversity box checked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. there, there's so many different layers to it. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most interesting things for me, Damien, is the fact that this show and learning from different people in different countries with different backgrounds and all those types of things helped me to realize that I can continue to improve as a conversationalist. And it's helped me to communicate with and connect with people who are really different from me. Yeah. And so what I would like to unpack, what you just said, we're talking about a podcast, you know, I'm not in your pockets to, you know, ask you about how much money you generate But just think if there's a multi-billion dollar industry that has a CEO that um, is able to articulate exactly what you just said and approach their business as um, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a business problem versus um, this entity that sits in human resources that gets a little bit of funding. So if you look at it like the first way I was talking about, just think how your people will, in essence, run through a wall for you because they believe that they're heard. They see themselves. They they understand the value that they bring to the organization because you, as a leader of the organization, value their perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's It's so true. And I'm assuming, too, for the people who are in that organization, they're going to feel respected and appreciated on a different level too. Yes. And then let's go a little bit further on that, Kwame, if you don't mind. Just think about how that's going to trickle down to the leaders that report into the CEO. Like if he's setting the vision, the leaders need to take action um, on like how diversity, equity, and inclusion shows up in sales, in account management, it could be in marketing, it, whatever part of your business it needs to come come to life in. Um, the leaders need to set the tone from the top down. And if and and you and I both know there's leaders that do it for performative reasons, and there's leaders that do it because they're intentional and they care. And I know who I would want to work for is the ones who care. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And we will be right back after this. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, 
TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. I, I think when we think about the, the listeners who are in sales and negotiation, who are more on the transactional side, I think this is really instructive for them as well, because I think it's easy for people who are in the business world to just say, Hey, this, this touchy feely stuff doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's, let's tuck it into HR and I'll do my, uh, my mm-hmm. one training every other year. <laughs> type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, when we think about it, even outside of the organization, but for that individual who wants to be better in their role, that doesn't have anything to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you talk a little bit more about the skills that they could gain from, from learning more about it? Um, it's, it's, it's all about self-discovery. Um, that's, you know, one of the things that I would unpack is self-discovery is asking yourself, like, is this important to me? And if it's important to you, what do you do? You seek places to learn. And, you know, very similar to somebody uh, downloading a, a negotiate American negotiate Institute negotiation Institute um, podcast, they could do the same on a commute home on a podcast that re- relates to diversity, equity, inclusion. They could read books from like some of the most marginalized people in uh, the United States in the world. And what I mean by that, just because we're in the U.S. having a conversation, think about the people who have the least, uh, their voice is the most quiet in certain situations. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, that's Latinx women and Black women. So how can you bring yourself closer um, to those individuals to learn more about uh, how they approach life and how they approach work? And that's going to help you become a better communicator and negotiator. So, so thus far, Damien, we've done a really great job of addressing the, the potential benefits of investing in diversity, equity, and inclusion training for yourself in order to improve your skills mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. What would you say the potential risks are of not mm-hmm. investing in yourself in that way? Yeah, um, there's, there's a handful of them. And, you know, depending on what level you're at, um, it could be like, let's say you're a CEO and you're a founder, um, that's going to impact, impact your company's bottom line. Let's say you're a mid-level manager, um, that could impact your team's performance. Let's say you're an individual contributor. Um, if DEI doesn't show up in um, a diversity, equity, inclusion doesn't show up in an authentic way, that can impact your interactions with your customers. So there's this almost like this macro point of view and a micro point of view that you should look at when thinking about how you want to invest in uh, gaining more knowledge in 
the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So for the leaders of the company, it, you have to focus on the business case. Hey, this the studies have demonstrated that this is helpful for businesses. But then for individual contributors, it's realizing, hey, as an individual here, my lack of knowledge here is holding me back from authentically communicating and connecting with my colleagues in the workplace. Colleagues or customers, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so you know, there's there's almost like a, uh, a two-pronged approach when you look at it that way. And, you know, there's, there's one thing that you touched upon um, when it talks about like, uh, like how I invest my time. Um, again, I'm going to go back and like, don't put the weight on others, like put the weight on your own shoulders and you invest in your learning versus um, going out and asking others to do the learning for you at their expense or their lived experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, go deeper into that one because I, I think that's an important one to explore. Yeah, so um, the easy way is to say, um, hey, I have a friend and my friend happens to be from a diverse background and I'm gonna go ask them about their lived experience. Guess what? That's only their lived experience, right? Um, th that one person doesn't speak for everybody. Um, so that's why it's important to go do independent learning so you can form your own opinions and then come back with a point of view to have a discussion. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. And that's something that, that comes up as something that's particularly burdensome for mm -hmm. uh, minorities, people of color, um, those type of things, because it's, it's exhausting mm -hmm. to carry the weight of education as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that was a great time to transition to authenticity in negotiation. Mm -hmm. And authenticity is a word that's thrown around so often that it's almost like it's, it's lost its meaning. So before we get into what it means to be authentic or how to be authentic, let's actually get a definition. How do you define authenticity in negotiation? Yeah, that, that's actually a really, really, really good question. And um I, I don't know that I have like the Webster's Dictionary point of view. Um, I'm just going to talk to you about how Damien shows up when it's authentic. Um, you know, from the moment we hopped on the podcast, I'm sure that's one of the things that you notice for me is how I show up. It could be my the eye contact that I have. It could be uh, the way in which I speak to you, the level of respect that I give you. Um, and, and I'm talking to it's this is towards you. Right. It's, and there's another part that has to do with me. Like, what's my what's my posture like? Uh, you know, what are some of the things that I'm doing to show you that I'm interested in this conversation? Right. Um, or interested in this interaction and how that shows up. You know, one of the things that I think about um, that I've seen over the years in my career is the uh, lack of. Um, I think the word I want to use is value that I've seen individuals from diverse backgrounds come up uh, when it comes or that their perceived lack of value, excuse me, when it comes to negotiation. And a lot of the times people are just happy to get an offer to say, hey, I got the job. I'm making more money than my parents ever would have thought I made. And I'm 22, 23 years old. Right. Whereas there's there's a part where you can pivot 
and you know your value and you're able to say um, in an authentic way, thank you so much for this offer. I bring X, Y, and Z to the table. Um, is there a way that we can negotiate this offer and here's the dollar amount that I'm negotiating? So it's not about lack of appreciation. It's more about knowing your value. This is great. And first of all, let's talk about your definition of, of authenticity because it was just a, an exquisite example of authenticity mm -hmm. in action. Because mm -hmm. what you said is, I don't know what the Webster's Dictionary definition is, but this is what authenticity means to me. This is mm -hmm. Damien's definition. And that's exactly what authenticity means <laughs> because yeah. it means different things to different people. But I, I believe for me, it's, it's more of a feeling. I know when mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm conversing with other people and interacting with other people in an authentic way. And I know when I'm forcing it, I know when I'm putting on, I know when I'm trying to be somebody else and be mm -hmm. something that I'm not. Right. And so I think when it comes to determining how to be an authentic negotiator, we have to look within ourselves and, and ask that question. And it's a question that only we can answer for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I love that definition. Yeah. And then when you talk about the, um, the negotiation patterns you've seen of, mm -hmm. uh, within um, people of color and often women as well, mm -hmm. it's, it's something that the, the statistics and the research demonstrates as well. Oftentimes people of color aren't negotiating for themselves as hard as they can. And what's mm -hmm. interesting is that you might have, let's say, for example, a, a black lawyer who negotiates mm -hmm. really well on behalf of their clients, but then that same black lawyer doesn't do as good of a job advocating for themselves. And mm -hmm. it goes back to what you talked about with value. And mm -hmm. so in order to be effective in our negotiations, we have to be authentic. That's number one. Mm -hmm. We have to also be confident in our skills and in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to see our value effectively. And so yes. when you're, if you're coaching somebody who is a negotiator or in sales or actually anybody who is negotiating, who is everybody listening mm -hmm. to this podcast, mm -hmm. and they struggle with those issues of self-worth, and, mm -hmm. and their own perceived value as it relates to themselves, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, th this actually gets really deep and it goes back to like the uh, early stages of socialization and what you've been exposed to like early on as a kid. Um, what, do you, what do you remember seeing? Like what are the first images of um, uh, a person that you, you know, like what has TV shown you? What have you seen in like your neighborhood? Like there's, so th there's this whole concept behind that. Um, and as you fast forward, when you talk about um, building value, there's, there's a process that I go through where I am understanding like what your inner leader is. So like what, what, like what makes you sit up in your seat and be confident, right? And you know that, um, you know, how you're going to show up. But then there's this other thing uh, that's called a saboteur that beats you up and it tells you that you can't and you won't and you will not be able to do it. So it's like an exercise you have to go through to understand when that's present and which one's showing up greater. And then what you have to realize is like, what do I have to say no to in order to be successful? And what do I have to say yes to in order to be successful? And then lastly, like there's like this value set that you build, like that we would collectively build together 
um, in these coaching sessions on what's valuable to you, why is it valuable to you, and how does it show up in your, like, how does it show up every single day that you live? So that's just like a small portion of like what has to come to life in order for you to understand your value and advocate for yourself. Oh, there's so much to explore here. And I think you, you very, very nice negotiation technique. I think you set yourself up for another episode because there is a lot <laughs> to go in there. Because essentially the, what we're realizing is that it, what seemed like a simple question requires mm-hmm. a bit more of a complex answer. It's yes. not just, oh, let me sit down and think about it for three seconds and then boop, hey, I, I have self-worth now. <laughs> I, I yes. see my value. No, mm-hmm. this takes a lot of the time. This takes exercise. It takes work, right? Yes. It takes a coach like you check out damianwright.com for a coach who could walk you through something like this. Sometimes it might actually take therapy, working with a licensed therapy to figure out what is holding you back mentally. But again, it's going to take a lot of self-work. And um, I was smiling as you were responding because uh, exploring the saboteurs is, is one of the things that my business coach had had me mm-hmm. go through um mm-hmm. Kita williams she's been on the podcast uh nice and um it, it was really helpful because once i actually went through the that um that exercise it made the obvious apparent and what yes. i mean by that is that i was I, I recognized these patterns but i didn't know just how pernicious it was and how mm-hmm. consistent it was and mm-hmm. then once i was able to identify it and give it a name and understand precisely yes. what was holding back. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. It was, it was so empowering. So yes, listeners, for those of you who want to, to learn more about that, definitely reach out to, to Damien and explore those saboteurs, especially because yeah. those are things that we all have to a certain extent, to a certain extent, and it can really hold you back, but recognizing what's holding you back is, can be incredibly liberating. 100%. And you know, one of the things that you said, um, that I, I think is most powerful is like you have to recognize when uh, your saboteur is present. And then once you recognize it, you know, there's the one thing I say is like, why does why does your saboteur deserve to pay rent? Like, why, do, why does it deserve to pay a mortgage in your body? You got to kick them out. You got to evict them. You have to evict whoever that is. And it's not easy to do. Definitely not. But when we have you back on the show, we'll explore. <laughs> How sure. to do that in greater depth. Damien, I, I really appreciate this. And before you go, can you let the listeners know um, again about your company? And don't forget to shout out the podcast too and, and how to get it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, DamienWright.com, D-A-M-I-O-N-W-R-I-G-H-T.com is my actual coaching practice. Um, and you can uh, obviously get in touch with me via LinkedIn, Damien Wright, D-A-M-I-O-N, and um, open and willing to, you know, have, you know, exploratory conversations. And, you know, especially, you know, Kwame, you know, you're, you, you are doing great things here and uh, definitely hope to be able to come back on and share some of the success stories that came out of this conversation. Absolutely. Damien, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. 
keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.